Praise the name of the Lord. You may be seated. This morning, I want to talk about something that should be very important to all of us, the family. Whether you're a mom, a dad, a brother, a sister, or you're an uncle, a cousin, a grandma, a grandpa, you're a part of an earthly family. If you're a Christian, you're part of God's family. And the church is a family of believers. And I want to talk about the family because it's under attack. Our adversary, Satan, is the attacker. He's the accuser. He's the liar. He's the divider. He's the destroyer. And how many of you know the family was God's ideal from the beginning? That God created man out of the dust of the ground. And when he saw that it wasn't good for man to be alone, he then took a rib out of Adam and made woman so he could have a companion, a helpmate. And commanded they multiply to create families and populate the world. But how many of you know there is some stuff that goes on in families in your life and in my life that at times makes you feel like a failure, makes a parent feel like a failure at even at times. There are good times and there are bad times in a family. You can raise two kids in the same household under the same parents, yet they can be so different. One likes school, one doesn't like school. One makes good grades, one doesn't make good grades. One works very hard, one's very lazy. One is respectful, one is rebellious. One is very conservative, one's very liberal. One thinks he's a boy and one thinks she's a boy. Why? Because since the beginning of time, our adversary has been trying to destroy the family, to divide the family. But it was God's ideal, not, not man's. The enemy knows a divided house will not stand. His plan has been since day one on this earth to kill, steal, and destroy anything that God has made. And when a family member fails or a family splits up or someone gives up on their dreams or their callings, the enemy wins. Well, today I'm going to show you from the first family until now, a lot hasn't changed about the enemy's plans. The enemy still plots to destroy the family, the dreams and the plans and the stability of the family, and will continue until the end of time. But I'm also going to show you how we can overcome our enemy that God has given us the power to. Because if Jesus overcome the world, we can overcome the world. No one, not you, nor your brother, nor your sister, nor mom, dad, grandma, or grandpa are exempt from the enemy's plot. But God made a promise from the beginning to defend the family and vindicate it. From the beginning of time, our enemy has been causing families and family members to fail by lying, by deceiving us, in an attempt to destroy God's plans for our lives. And too many times he's been successful with his rhetoric, dividing and conquering families. I'd recently heard a report there is over 250,000 babies needing to be adopted that need a family. They are the result of the enemy's destruction of families. But I've come today with a word to encourage the families to rise up and go forward to establish to you that the devil is a liar and God is the God of truth and we must choose you this day whom we're going to serve. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. I'm going to ask Brother Marvin if he'd stand and pray over the rest of this service. Amen. If you have your Bibles, I'm going to Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. 
Here we have God is speaking to the old serpent, Satan himself. He says, I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed, and it shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. Prior to this passage, God has formed the heavens and the earth. He's created man and woman, Adam and Eve. He's given them instruction how to live, yet they disobey, and this is where they failed, and sin entered into the heart of man. And God speaks these words to the serpent who deceived them. I want to say it again. I will put enmity between thee and the woman, Eve the one he deceived and caused to fail, and between thy seed and her seed, it shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. Of course, talking about Christ to come. And God was saying to Eve, the seed of Adam through this woman will rise up and play a part in bringing about the one who will bruise the head of the seed of the serpent. In other words, Eve, you're going to have a chance to get even with him. Regardless of what's happened here, don't give up on the promise. Your retaliation shall come through your womb. Your vindication shall come from that which you produce yourself. Someone needs to hear that. That's very relevant, and that's a revelation for someone. We know this to be true, what he spoke over her life, because we know that Mary, the mother of Jesus, her lineage can be traced all the way back to Eve. Although Jesus was not born of the seed of a man, but of the Holy Ghost, but it was Adam's seed through Eve that created the lineage through which Mary was born, who birthed Christ, the one who will bruise the enemy's head. So therefore, Christ is connected to the lineage of Adam and Eve. Christ was often referred to as the second Adam. And God was telling Eve she has a power within her to make things right. And I've come to tell you today, there's a lot of people who have messed up their lives. They've done wrong things. They've made bad mistakes. They've been deceived. They've been tricked by your enemy. You've, been, you've bought into a lie. You've gotten off track. You took a wrong path since even being saved. You got saved and then you failed. And you bought into it's over. I had my chance. It's a lie from the pits of hell. And Satan is the accuser of the brethren and the father of all lies. He will make you believe it's too late. You've done, done too much. You get one chance at this thing called life. You've lost for good. You won't ever get another chance. You'll never be who you're supposed to be. Your past is your prison. But I've come to give you truth. You can get back up and you can do it again. Hallelujah. It doesn't have to be over. God will vindicate you. Maybe it's been detoured. Maybe it's been delayed. But it doesn't have to be too late. How can you change it? By the power that worketh in you. I know what you think. Yeah, but what I did was pretty bad. Or what I went through was very devastating, Randy. Well, let this word help you today with those issues. Let's talk about what I believe was the most tragic situation a family could face. And let's see how it played out in their life. It happened at the beginning of creation in the life of the very first family on this earth. Adam and Eve had failed, but they carried on in life. They go on to have children. They have Cain and they have Abel. Things were going pretty good for them. They had repented and were worshiping God again, doing the family thing. One son, Abel, is tending to flock. The other Cain is out in the field doing what he was called to do. But in them, they had inherited the sin nature of their parents. Remember, they failed. And from that day forward, every man is born into sin and is in need of salvation having a need to be born again. Now, I'm talking spiritually speaking. Not a physical birth, but a spiritual birth. So here are these two boys seemingly doing right, but they inherited their DNA, the sin nature of their parents. This is a problem we still have today raising our children because you're fighting your genes. You want them to turn out perfect, but they have you, <clears throat> but they have you in them. If Adam would have had a son by Eve before the fall, it would have been heaven on earth. 
But Adam and Eve had their children after they had failed. Their failure put a curse of sin upon all men. So we now know sin is not passed through behavior, it's through genetics. Every person is born into sin and is in need of Christ to be washed, to be cleansed by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. So while everything appeared to be okay for a certain time, something happens. A quarrel breaks out between Cain and Abel. It leads to Cain killing his brother Abel. So here is the first family tragedy. It can't get no worse than this, church. You think you got problems? But now here stands Eve without, with promise and prophecy over her life, was told by God something good was going to come out of her womb. So she was expecting it to. But now how can this be? How can there be anything good about this? Her life, her dreams, her promises were crushed. She was devastated. She had two children, and one just killed the other. Where is the good? That's the way we raise our children, expecting something good to come out of us. And when they fail, we're devastated. Sometimes we want their lives to vindicate or validate us in some way. So we can say, see, he or she proves I'm good. So I'm sorry it doesn't work that way. And you know I'm right. It takes a long time for some to quit trying to live their life through their children. So here's the first family is in a mess. It's one thing for your kids to have a fight, but it's another thing for your kids to kill one another. Talk about a family messed up. Look at this first family. In our, in our first attempt to get this thing called family off the ground, it is a disaster. Now get this and watch what I'm saying from here on out. Let it be relevant to your life and your situation and your circumstances. It will speak volumes to you today if you'll listen and apply this to your life. Because I'm really not talking about Adam and Eve at all. I'm now talking about the things you hope for and expect out of your life. And how before you ever really got started doing what you were called to do, you had a disaster. And you gave up on the dream. You gave up on the call. You gave up on the career. You gave up on the marriage. Why? Because you believed you had one shot at it and you blew it before it ever really got off the ground. See, we've got a lot of people in the body of Christ living with a defeated mentality caused by our mistakes, by our failures and our bad decisions. And we've got too many men and women trying to dictate to people what they can and can't do when God said that they can. And too often we believe man over God. But I ask you, who has the final say? Something good was to come from Eve's womb. The one who would, who would crush her enemy's head, but it wasn't going that way so far. A man wasn't going to vindicate her or validate her. See, life slaps you up beside the head all of the time. It's one thing after another. It seems like just when you're going to get a breakthrough, just when you're going to get a turnaround, just when you're fixing to try again, just when you're fixing to do what you were supposed to do, what you least suspect to you happens to you, knocks the wind out of yourselves. It makes everything in life seem impossible. You're expecting to go this way, but then bam, and it goes that way. All of a sudden, you're being pushed in a wheelchair. All of a sudden, he walked out on you. All of a sudden, they closed the plant. All of a sudden, all the money is gone. All of a sudden, your car breaks down, the only one you got. All of a sudden, your heart starts acting up just when you were about to. We see it all the time around here. We place people in leadership, and then bam, afflictions come, which Scripture validates many are the afflictions of the righteous, but my God shall deliver them from them all. Hallelujah. Can you even begin to imagine what Eve felt? Step inside for a moment. Step into her life. Can you imagine how she felt the day she got word 
Your son, Cain, has just killed your son, Abel. When she heard she had lost both her sons, both, not just one, not just Abel, but Cain too. Well, how did she lose two? Because the murderer, Cain, is sent away by God with a curse upon his head to the land of Nod. All hope is gone for him too. He's to never return. He's known as a dead man walking. And Abel, he's dead. And his blood is sunk into the ground and begins to scream. While his mother's heart screamed, and her, as her hopes and her dreams had been crushed, her life had been literally shattered. Not what she expected. God had told her he would crush her enemy, but here she gets crushed. And I tell every one of you something this morning. At least in one point in your life, you will go through something that crushes you. Something that makes you think that all hope for you is gone. Something that will make you reconsider all you have believed and have been taught. And asked, was it a lie? At least once in your life, you will question your faith. At least once in your life, your hopes and your dreams will be shattered. Leading you to believe it's over. All hope is gone. Understand this, folks. They're the first family. Not as privileged as us. Why is that? When this tragedy came... It wasn't like they could go down the street and get some help. It wasn't like they could call their pastor. It wasn't like they could call 911. They couldn't just pick up the phone and call a friend. They had no mother or father, no mother-in-law or father-in-law. They had no counseling center to attend. They had no church family to lean on. They're in this mess all by themselves, literally. They have a mess. What are they going to do? Because now it's just Adam and Eve again without nothing but pain and sorrow. Are they going to give up, or are they going to try again? Cain is out there running for his life like a wild animal in the woods, while Abel's body is being placed in the ground. The first death of the first family was by murder by his own flesh and blood. Her very first kids, it was disastrous. Her very first attempt to do what God called her to do failed. I'm talking to somebody right now. If what she went through is not a tragedy, what is? But let me ask you, especially ladies, if that happened to you, would you want to have more kids? Would it make you want to try again, to keep going on? Or would you be more likely to give up? If ever there was a failure, this surely was. This was about as bad as it could get. When one of your kids is dead and your other son is on death row because he's the one that killed him, things are bad. But there was a nagging problem Eve has. Even though she wanted to quit, God had given her a prophecy that would not go away. A prophecy that's not contingent upon what she's been through, but is contingent upon whether or not she's obedient to it. Contingent upon whether she calls it quits or not. When you quit, it doesn't change the prophecy over your life. It only changes whether or not you're going to fulfill it. It's there if you're willing to go through whatever it takes for it to come to pass. Because sometimes you've got to go through a lot of things to get to your promise. Because if what you go through doesn't kill you, it will make you stronger. See, as believers, we're to endure afflictions. The apostle Paul was beaten. He was shipwrecked. He was snake bitten and beheaded on his journey to fulfill his call. Your situation, your circumstances doesn't negate the prophecy. It's still there. It will always withstand the test of time. Because God knew when he spoke it over your life, you were capable if you were willing to. 
Your situations may hinder it, may delay it, but it's still there. Somebody needs to get a hold of this. This church needs to get a hold of it. There's prophecies over this church. Listen, if Eve's situation was all her life was going to be, devastated and crushed, just a failure, then God lied. And you and I know better than that, for our God is a God who cannot lie. If Eve's situation is all her life is going to be, it will only be that way by her choice. Life is full of making right choices. Because regardless of the failure, the tragedy, God said something is supposed to come out of her to overcome her enemy, to vindicate her. Yet everything that's come out of her so far has been a mess. So what do you do when you've tried, but you failed, and you want to quit? You usually just give up. Because to you, trying again would mean hurting again. It means risking again. It means believing again. It means hoping again. It means failing again. So what do you do when you try but failed and want to quit? And God says, get back in there and do it again. I'm not through with you yet. Now, I don't know who this is for or what you've been through. I don't know how bad it's hurting you, but I do know you're here. I know you survived, but inside of you, something's died. And you're sitting here just a shell of something that should have been. You never became. You've never lived. You've never did. You've never finished. Life has caused you so much pain. Yet there is still prophecy still hanging over your head. You can't change your past, but what you can change is what you do from this day forward. You can let God complete his work. He's begun in you. And I've come today to tell you it's not over. God wants to give you another opportunity. God wants to give you a second chance. God is a God of second chances. Hallelujah. You're not here by accident. This is a setup to get you to get up, to get back in and do it again. Let's ask, did Eve have a second chance and did she take it? The answer is found in fourth chapter of Genesis. It says in verse 17, Adam knew his wife again and she bare a son and called him Enoch. So the answer is yes, she tried again. But it didn't stop there. Then in verse 25 it says, And Adam knew his wife again and bare a son and called his name Seth. For God said... She hath appointed me another seed instead of Abel, Cain slew. You got to get this. Verse 26, and to Seth, and to him also there was born a son, and he called him Enos. So now there's a grandson. Then, be, and then the Bible says, then began men to call upon the name of the Lord. It shows an act of restoration, that God is a God of restoration. When it seemed like all hope was gone, God restored back to her. And the second chance that he gave her, I know this, I've always felt like grandkids was always a second chance for you to be a better parent. Any grandparents agree with that? Praise the name of the Lord. Do you get it? God gave Eve another son by divine replacement. He gave her Seth in place of Abel. God said, I'm going to give you something new in place of something old. I'm going to restore that which a canker worm and the palmer worm and the locust has destroyed. I'm going to do a supernatural restoration and replace that empty place in your life, in your spirit, in your heart, and in your mind. God said, I'm going to put something in there in place of what life took out of there. If you're willing to do it again, to try again, that's a word from somebody this morning. 
And Adam knew Eve again, and she bared a son and called him Seth. Seth restored back the connection between Eve's dreams and her prophetic influence on the earth. It had been once severed, cut out by the enemy. You see, your enemy was sitting back and laughing after the Cain and Abel disaster. They were mocking God. Hell was throwing a party. Demons were high-fiving and talking smack. They were declaring victory. They thought they had canceled God's promise. That's what they do when you give up, when you fail, when you quit trying, when they cancel out God's assignment over your life. The demons were proud. Who does God think he is? This is our earth. This stuff ain't happening down here. Satan had given them the weekend off. They had done a great work. This family thing they thought was done, so it appeared. This plan to take me out, Satan thought, was over. The family plan was over, destroyed right off the bat. But they had underestimated God, that God was a God of second chances, that our God is a God of restoration, that he was a God who could not lie. If he said it, it would be. They didn't understand that God was always ready to restore back to you what the enemy has taken, to those who don't give up. For you shall reap if you faint not. You may have got knocked down. You may even got knocked out. You may have needed a little recovery time, but don't you quit. Why? You got too much to gain to lose. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Hallelujah. Do you hear me? Regardless of what you lost, you can have it back. When? Today. You may have messed up. You may have got your life all jacked up. But you serve a God of second chances and a God of restoration. You got a chance beginning today to get it right and to get it back, to get back on track. I'm speaking to some of you, but I'm also speaking to this body corporately too. I've been around this church now for 22 years. And I've heard prophecy over prophecy over this church. And I've seen moments that look like we were on our way. But I have to say, it appears in the last couple of years, we got some things all messed up. That the enemy's come in and killed some dreams, and he's caused some tragedies, trying to stop the prophecies. We, as a body, have been through hell and high water. Some of you have lost some things dear to you. Some of you have quit, and some of you are about to give up. But listen to the word of the Lord before you go throwing in the towel. God sent me today to tell hell, blow out the candles, the party is over because this church is about to do it again and we're going to get it right this time. Give God some praise. Hallelujah. This blood-washed church is going forward. And I speak to every dead dream, every dead ministry, every dead marriage, every dead career, every dead prophecy with the same authority Christ had when he stood before an open tomb and commanded someone who'd been dead for four days to come back alive and do it again. And I say to your bound up spirit this morning, come forth. Be loosed in the name of Jesus. I stand here by the authority of Jesus Christ, who is the resurrection and the life. And I pronounce a second chance to you. It's time to rise and shine and let your enemies be scattered. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lazarus died, but God said, oh, no. It ain't over yet. This thing that's happened to you, this tragedy, it's not unto death. And God restored his life. See, the enemy thought Lazarus was done. The people thought he was done. 
But he was just playing dead. God had a plan that would bring him glory. God had a plan that would validate Christ and his resurrection power. And he used Lazarus to accomplish it. And Lazarus lived again. And God has a plan for you to live again. Hallelujah. Many of you have been asking, can your dreams live again? Well, I prophesy dead dreams come alive today. I prophesy dead vision come alive. I prophesize dead bones come alive. Hallelujah. See, Eve didn't quit. She stood on God's promise. And God restored what the enemy took. And the prophecy lived on. That something good will come out of her womb. That something would vindicate her fall. That something would validate her life. Adam and Eve were the mother and the father of all creation. And Satan underestimated God. And I believe some of you have underestimated God. I'm here to tell you, nothing is impossible with God. You just got to have faith. I say this on behalf of them who have been beat up, bruised, and shattered by this world. Satan, just when you thought you'd stop this thing, here we come again. Here we come praising. Here we come singing. Here we come dancing. What you thought was going to kill us God has used just to make us stronger. Now, I know what it's like to be beat up and bruised. I know what it's like to take one blow after another from the enemy till it beats you down to your knees. But when I get on my knees, I feel a hand with a strong arm reach down and grab me and pick me back up and make me Stronger than I've ever been. More tenacious than I've been. More determined than I've ever been. More wiser than I've been. I got a prophecy over my life. I got a second chance at life. I've played dead the first part of my life, but I declare I'm going to live the last part of my life because God is restoring my life. And what I thought I didn't have no more, he replaced it. And what I th thought I couldn't do no more, I'm on my way to doing it again. Look at somebody and tell them, I'm coming back. God will bless you again. God will deliver you again. God will restore your name again. God will give you joy again. It wasn't your fault. The devil is a liar. And you bought into it hook, line, and sinker. And now that you know the truth, don't waste another minute of blaming yourself. Let God arise. Let your enemies be scattered and go on and live again. Though a righteous man falls seven times, he will get back up. Here's the thing, get this. When it says Seth begot Enos, and then men began to call upon the Lord, you got to get this. What am I saying? It is through this lineage that Christ comes. All the way back. Let's go all the way back again to Eve. What was the prophecy? Her seed shall what? Bring about the one who will bruise Satan's head. Have you got any clue to what your seed can do for the kingdom of God? It was prophesied her seed would bring about the seed who would bruise Satan's head. And who shows up to birth the Messiah? And through what lineage did Mary come from? Adam and Eve. So the seed of Adam through Eve's womb produced a lineage that would bring forth Christ. Just as God had promised her. Christ came and vindicated her and validated her. Through this lineage, priestly service began. 
God will always have an earthly representative of who God is. And this didn't come through Eve's first attempt. It was through her second try. Get this. So it's safe to say all that Christ would come through would be through a failed family's second chance. God didn't wait on better material, a more obedient person, whose past was cleaner or more righteous or holier than Eve's. Eve's family was messed up. So were many more families, all the way from Eve to Mary. He said, I'm going to use somebody. I know who disobeyed me, who let me down, but I'm going to use her anyway. Because I can restore back to her to the condition she was in when I chose her. That ought to make somebody shout right there. <laughs> that God is able to restore you back. Of all Christ did on this earth, he did it through somebody who had fallen down and gotten back up. That's why I can't deal with people who believe they have never done anything wrong. I don't trust them. If you say you have no sin, the truth is not in you. I've read the Bible, and I see over and over again where God used people who blowed it, messed up, failed, the least likely candidates to do great things for the kingdom of God. These people had issues, but they didn't give up. Just when they thought it was over, that there was no hope for them making it. When it appeared there was nothing left, God rattles their cage. He shakes them and says, get back in. It ain't over till I say it's over. I know what you went through. It wasn't your fault. It was the enemy who made you believe it was. For I gave you a word of promise. And forever my word is settled in heaven. Did you realize Noah was a drunk? Jacob was a trickster? Samson was a womanizer? Naomi was a bitter widow? But he still used them. And I declare unto you, God's not finished with you yet either. You may be finished with him, but you don't have to be. You've been lied to. And all you got to do is get back up and do it again. I don't care how messed up your family was. He can still bring what he spoke over your life to pass. I don't care how much our church family's messed up. He can still bring to pass what he spoke over this church. We just got to get up and get back in this thing. Endure life as a good soldier. Knock and it shall be opened to you. Seek and you shall find. Put on the whole armor of God so that you may be able to what? Withstand the wiles of the enemy. If that's you today, you need to take a stand. If you're broke, stand anyway. If you're divorced, stand anyway. If you're afflicted, stand anyway. If you're discouraged, stand anyway. If you're lonely, stand anyway. If you've been hurt, stand anyway. If you're confused, stand anyway. If you're weak, stand anyway. Because today God has sent me to tell you you're getting another chance at this thing. Hallelujah. That he's going to restore some things. You can't live your future contingent upon your past. But you can change your future by the power that can work mightily in you. And God is saying to you as an individual, get back up, get in and do it again. You get a second chance. You know why Adam and Eve tried again? Because they knew God. They'd had a face-to-face -face encounter with God. They had met with God. And God had put something inside of them called faith. And God is saying, palace of praise to the church family, get back in this thing. There's a prophecy hanging over you. Maybe we got some things messed up. Maybe we, at times we do get off track. 
But I've come to call this church back. I've come to call the families back. There's a strong arm here today. There's a strong voice here today ready to lift you up and send you forward once again. Ready to restore some things and ready to restore some people.